Man, did you uh, did you hear the uh, the Cleveland Indians? They're finally gonna nix the the Indians part of the name. I don't know how this is gonna spin. <laughs> okay, I did not hear that. When did that happen? I saw it on the news this morning. Actually, I, I called a little bit. Uh, you know, getting ready for work. But are they gonna be the Cleveland Baseball Club? Well, the first thing that shot in my mind actually was like, oh shit. If they're going to get rid rid of the Indians, then obviously they'll get like probably rid of you know replica jerseys. I might need to suck it up and get like a uh, a knockoff major league replica thing. And then I'm like, well, shit, what character would I get? Because you know you you don't want to get a whole bunch of those things. There's no point in it. You'll barely wear the one you have. But I really think I might need to get one. So all day I've been like, all right, which one of these people should I go with for the knockoff major league jersey? Are you kidding me? You wouldn't get Baker? Nah, Rube was in number two, man. I, you can't go number two. Nope, nope, nope. But, like, you are a big dumbass that spouts <laughs> off Playboy Centerfold stats like it's their job. Like, everything about this is made for you. John, you're the big savant, not me. You are a savant when it comes to things you care about, like Playboy Centerfolds. I canceled my Playboy subscription when I graduated school. The articles just weren't cutting it anymore. They really started lacking on the writing. <laughs> Thank you for your review. One, everyone my name is john edwards and with me as always is zeke baker and together we make the dad's drink of bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us a part of your day hello zeke baker what's up there sugar pie i do love everything about major league that is one of the best movies i think i would get a bob euchre jersey but what's his name in the movie we didn't have one he's the commentator it's just harry dole Oh, yeah. No, that's it. He, he did have a name. What do you mean he didn't have a name? His name's Harry Doyle. No, I so said he didn't have a jersey. I know, but I would still get one that said Doyle in honor of him. <laughs> I don't know. You don't drink enough to be Harry Doyle. <laughs> it would definitely take a special someone to live up to that billing. You're 100% right on that one. Maybe I am uh, Wally, where it's easy, Wally. Less is more. <laughs> Oh, literally so many good, just, ah, that movie's so epic. I do love Pedro. He is one of my favorite characters, I think, of all time, especially because it turned out being the president in 24 and the Allstate guy. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you about um, when my boys went to um, the thing at the Brave Stadium, like, a you know, I guess a month or so ago now? No. Yeah, so I guess they did this thing where you could pay X amount of money and, like, up to so many people could show up and take batting practice on the field. I mean, you know, decently legit. I was stuck working or I would have gone even though as much as I'd detest the Braves in baseball most days. But I kept like messing with my boys being like, look here now, I'm going to find somebody to drop off a real chicken at the house that y'all got to sacrifice before you go to batting practice. Let's be honest. Major League Two was not that much of a drop off. No, I think in the world of uh, sequels for number two, those people don't even want to watch. 
but it's still like, you know, it's always hard to compete. The only thing I would say is that I think they tried to act and maybe have a little too much plot. Whereas I think the first one, especially like back in the day in that time, like you got to figure a lot of that stuff was winged. I mean, it's definitely, you can tell like they realized like, hey, we actually made money on that first film. We, we got a better budget this time. We can do a little more. We can, you know, this and that. And I get it. I think, but at the same time, I think that's just what makes the first one just like so just genuinely damn hilarious and, you know, unique. Zeke, you know what you got to do if you're playing baseball? You're not going to say a word to me. I had like two different things and they both kind of slipped my mind. Put a little Crisco on my chest for a curve. You need to make sure you are hydrating yourself correctly. Now, whether or not you're feeling nauseous, recovering from a workout, or not feeling your best after a night of overindulging, or you're an athlete, you live a no-days-off lifestyle, your body's depleted and dehydrated, you don't need excess sugars, dyes, and calories found in many popular hydration products, you need medical-grade hydration that was made to work. That's why you need BioLite the world's first IV in a bottle. And I'm telling you in Major League, they had some IVs in the dugout, but all they needed was just one bottle of BioLite. It has seven and a half times more electrolytes than leading sports drinks with only a third of the sugar. Zeke, you know this, you are a pharmacist. It's made with dextrose, a natural sugar that helps with fatigue without making you feel sluggish. I know when you go down to Elixir Spirits, Tarek has them waiting for you. It's either that or the Bang Energy, but the healthier choice is to go with BioLite. It's also made with clean ingredients like ginger root to help reduce nausea, B vitamins for energy, and milk thistle to help your body get rid of toxins. Go ahead and visit drinkbiolite.com to find a retailer near you, and that is B-I-O-L-Y-T-E. Zeke, you're a fan of these. You've had them before. True story, bro. Easy, Wally. Less is more. Today's show is also sponsored by cascartel.com, the premium spirits marketplace. And you know what it is? It is convenient to get liquor shipped directly to your door. Hey, some of these things, especially the allocated stuff might cost a little bit more, but you can sit at your house and with just a couple of clicks, you'll get that bottle you're looking for. You don't have to camp out overnight. You don't have to pray and hope that you're going to get your number called in a raffle. You just have to have the coin. Go to cascartel.com and find it and get it shipped to your door. Also follow them on Instagram at Cast Cartel. They're always doing awesome giveaways to their followers. The premium spirits marketplace at CastCartel.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at premiumbarproducts.com. It's getting to be the holidays. You know what makes a good present? Custom laser etched glassware for all your friends and family. Go to Premium Bar Products. They have all sorts of different glasses, barware, and bar tools. Check them out. If you are a distillery or a bourbon group, you are a store, and you have more of a wholesale order, reach out to me. I will get you in touch with Janie and Carson and Vicky and all of the good folks at premiumbarproducts.com. That is also where you can go to get the official dad's drinking bourbon glenn and if you use code dads 10 on checkout you will get 10 percent off of any custom order you do zeke i'm struggling people aren't going to hear how many times i messed up but i'm struggling a little bit tonight you got a lot going on there with the dogs and the kids and the you know these these things you just get yourself into i do get myself into a lot and i have been very tired thank you for noticing I feel like talking to you sometimes i'm just like oh wow that's a downer. Ah, oh, I don't want you to feel that way, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, let's get to a place <laughs> where you are from, and that is Georgia. And they came out 
at 13th Colony. They have been around since 2009. Did you know there was a distillery in Georgia that has been around since 2009? Yeah, I've seen their stuff. They've got the neat little um, squat round bottle. I feel like I bought something from them maybe two or three years ago. It's been a minute. The bottle is exactly like Old Foe Birthday. I really didn't think it was exactly the same. I mean, it's splitting hairs, but that's not the same glass. What do you mean? It resembles. That's not the exact same bottle. Old Foe Birthday has more curves. The top's different. The bottom's not flat like that and completely 90 degree angled. Well, maybe it's not the same. It's 90% there, but if you're going to tell me something that I have to think about in my head that I wouldn't consider completely the same glass, then uh, I'm going to scrutinize it. Scrutinize it a little bit more. I mean, in looking at this bottle, we are drinking their Southern Bourbon Whiskey tonight. It is 47.5 ABV, 95 proof. It is said that it is at least four years old, although this bottle is non-age stated. It's 70% corn, 25% rye, 5% malted barley. An interesting thing about this is it does not say distilled and bottled in Americus, Georgia. It says produced and bottled by 13th Colony Distilleries in Americus, Georgia. So I would assume that they did not distill it because it says produced and bottled by. Look at you uh, suddenly become an observer, and I'm proud of you there. I'm the one who does the research. What are you talking about? You're the one that's got the bottle. How am I supposed to know? I mean, sheesh. Well, it's not like it just happened overnight where I become observant, but I will say about this, there's just something about their packaging and the label on it where it's the paper label that goes on top of this squat bottle and it's kind of dull like their color scheme it kind of looks like it's washed over a little bit with like a, a a film and just dulled out a little bit it's almost like you took the brightness of the label and dialed it down but it doesn't really pop i think there's something they could do with the tree maybe laser etch it in or something like there's a lot of opportunity here that this just kind of looks mute and it doesn't always pop out. Now their rye, which I've had, love their rye. It has a color scheme where it really pops out. The Southern bourbon whiskey almost kind of has like a goldish like corn. As best as I can remember, America's is in an area where it doesn't take much to impress. <laughs> All right, then. I think it's somewhere south, maybe even below Macon. Is it closer to like Savannah? Yeah, somewhere in that area, as best I can remember, like I said, I'm not the best with that. I knew one person in school from down there. I feel like you would have to dress to impress in Savannah, though. Uh, You got to be careful, man. It's hot. I mean, it's hot down there. Like, oof. God, we went down there for St. Patty's Day one day and sweated my ass off. Like if this was in Savannah, I feel like this would need to be wearing seersucker. John, if you go to Savannah and it's not like December, January, or February, you'll need at least three sets of clothes for the day. Huh. Especially if you're walking. And multiple do-rags to wipe all that sweat off at the chrome dome ears. Is there anything that you would like to bring up? I feel like we're rambling this show. Is there anything that you would like to bring up before we start talking about this whiskey? You always tend to have some observations. About the whiskey or the world or... About the whiskey. Well, I mean, I don't want to give notes ahead of... No, but you, you always... Know, proper time. No, but like I'm saying, when I kind of run through what's going on, you always kind of have something. Oh, um, all I really had was, you know, the, the tidbit you have about, you know, it only saying produced. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think um, the DDB Matt Damon's going to join us tonight. I mean, no special appearances. 
but he has become quite savvy and knowledgeable about all the ins and outs of TTB and what you can and can't do. It, it's it's almost kind of like painful at times because you'll be sitting there like doing something or having a pour of this and that, and all of a sudden he just like stares the bottle like, well, that's not legal. You can't have that. They're missing this. I'm like, dude, just, just shut up. We're just trying to drink. <laughs> well, it, I'm just telling you, it's not legal, man. I'm like, uh, okay, okay, I get it. Call the bourbon police, man. <laughs> He's got Wade Woodard on standby. <laughs> oh, man, that'd really be the epitome of like, what the F? <laughs> Anyways, what did you think about this whiskey, my friend? So randomly, though, even though you asked me if I had anything random, I didn't, but I do kind of because <laughs> it's on the whiskey now. <laughs> it was on the whiskey the whole time. Well, I didn't know it was on the whiskey in that way. But so the past few shows we've done now, I've tasted it literally like right out of the round or, uh, you know, at least without nosing it. And then I'll go back and nose it. And then I go back and taste it just to see how it alters the perception at all if it does. I don't know. I, I, I've been enjoying it that way. I think I less like dialed into something from the nose and find more variants in the two. And then as I circle back through it, it makes me feel uh, like more well-rounded in my, my tasting of these things. Well, that's good. That didn't really have anything to do with this specific whiskey, but cool. You should try it. I think it'd be good for you. It might rejuvenate you and, and give a little more, uh, you know, vibrance to your appearance. I am not going to take something that is in a bottle, pour it in a round just so I could taste it out of the round and then pour it into a glass. I'm just going to pour it <laughs> From the bottle into a glass. I was just saying, taste, smell, taste. Work, try that. Might change you. I don't know. I don't know. I will try to taste, smell, taste just for you. Well, I'll at least keep my notes in a orderly fashion for you. Nose-wise, the first thing I picked up here was, it reminded me of uh, homemade brittle, uh, you know, with the peanuts in there. And for some reason, I don't know why this kind of stands out in my head, but like some people when they make homemade peanut brittle, they'll leave like that little, uh, you know, thin, I don't, it was not a shell. I know what you would call it, but you know, like the thin purple thing that's like around the peanut. Yeah. Well, like some people do that and some don't. And it does give a slightly different taste, I've always thought. But this would definitely be like the peanut with a little purple, again, whatever that thing's called. I don't know. You need to Google that or something. The second thing I picked up kind of, and this was on the, the second time back through, but I think I was influenced from the palate on it, which is what I thought was neat. But it also kind of reminded me of like a a sweet, not fully artificial, I would say, but um, it, it definitely got like the sweetness of like a Luton's cherry cough drop kind of thing. Palette wise, first thing I got, which is uh, just more of a sensory than taste, there was a flash of, uh, of heat that popped up at first. I thought, ah, know about this one uh but it cleared out really quick and and i thought the proof really seemed to be in check for you know throughout the tasting to kind of go along with the profile as well uh i thought it reminded me of black cherry soda like from the soda fountain and you know sometimes like the balance is off i can't remember if it's like the beginning or the end when they like replace those things and you'll get more corn syrup than you should yeah it had that to me it was like all right it's like that black cherry cola thing but Eh, there's a little too much corn syrup from the fountain coming out in this thing for some reason. Again, I can't remember what causes that, but I, I remember. It would be a calibration thing. Oh, I thought it just like happened at like some point during the, it's not a keg, but whatever you call those things. I feel like there would be like a, a valve that was off that kind of messed up the calibration and caused one to go more than the other. Maybe somebody smarter than us will answer this for us. <laughs> Maybe they will. Um, I'm sure I'll get the DMs on it. 
I thought it got decently viscous at the back. Uh, again, a little bit of heat kind of resurfaced. Uh, so that was, you know, kind of a good, good full 180 swing there. It almost kind of reminded me of a, like a purple icy or slushy on the finish with also just a dab of like bitter and oak that just came through right at the very end. Uh, not a long finish, but that, that was kind of the spectrum that I moved through on this one. I said on the nose, dare I say, I get a little peach from the Georgia whiskey on the nose. Um, obviously, there was some corn there. I got some red delicious apples, sweet tea on the nose, and cherry with a lot of air. If you let this thing kind of hang out for 20 minutes or so, the caramel comes out pretty well. That's kind of on my second nosing. So yes, I do these things more than once, Zeke. The mouthfeel on the taste is a little chalky to me. Sweet tea carries over from the nose with the cherry caramel. But then there's like kind of towards the end of the palate and into the finish, there's this oak char presence that i really think takes over there's just something there it's not necessarily age oak but it's something that we've talked about before where that that char kind of kicks up quite a bit and i really just don't get a whole lot of other stuff on the finish with that i don't want people thinking like i'm like oh man the finish just kind of makes it it's like an artificial charriness though that it it's not my favorite it doesn't make it a bad pour no, and that's pretty much where I was. I just didn't put as much emphasis on that syllable since the finish was pretty short to me. But it, it definitely does have that that you know young oak bitter thing going on. Luckily, it just doesn't hang around very long. No, I mean, that's why I'm saying it's not taking away from the whole thing here. It's just not my jam on the finish like I, I wish that that part of it somehow could go away and then i would really like because the what's on the nose and the taste i really like those aspects of this whiskey yeah and i, and I mean i i think kind of in perspective too if you weren't slowly moving through this and and being kind of more uh, specific on tasting it i don't know how much of that you would taste just on an easy pour or especially if you know you had a little bit of water or ice or whatever in it and you're just treating it more like a casual daily and not even trying to think about necessarily like what all you're picking up. Fair enough on that. I, I do have to know though, since uh, you know you are from north of the Mason Dixon line, what is your reference product for sweet tea or, or who made it and how? I, I, and there's a couple of key elements here. I, I, I'm gonna have to find out about well i mean i'm not really sure i worked at logan's for a whole hell of a lot of time as soon as i moved to kentucky that's where i, I worked at the same time i've also lived in the south longer than i lived in the north at this point i mean those could have been long island iced teas though not necessarily a sweet tea no i mean the sweet tea it's iced tea with a shit ton of sugar in it when exactly though did they add the sugar you would brew the tea and then add the sugar well, the kicker, though, is like, is the tea still like piping hot or has it cooled down and you're just dumping sugar, basically? No, that's put, where you really that's that's the money maker for the sweet tea. So I would always make hot tea, pour the sugar in and stir it to make sure that the sugar gets all the way stirred in. Yeah, you got to get when it's piping hot and that sugar just completely, you know, dissolves and goes in. Otherwise, it's like, ah. Yeah, you don't want people to see the sugar in there. I mean, I feel like if you put sugar into a cold tea, then people wouldn't see right away. And then the other thing is like you never actually cool down the tea. You let it sit at room temperature, but you just fill up your glass with a crap ton of ice. You have learned a little bit in your time down here there, Big Cat. I'm, I'm, 
I'll, I'll give you a little golf clap here. I do what I can. Uh, the other thing I, I had, do they have a non-Southern bourbon? I think you said the, the label officially said Southern bourbon whiskey. I, so I didn't know if there was another variety or not. So they have a sour mash bourbon and a Southern whiskey. Oh, Southern whiskey. My apologies. This is a Southern bourbon, and then they have a Southern whiskey. Oh, I got you. So there's two different Southerns and then the sour mash. Lots of Southern going on here. So there is a Southern bourbon whiskey, a Southern rye whiskey, a Southern vodka, a plantation vodka, a Southern gin, a sour mash bourbon, and a Southern whiskey. There you go. I'm almost surprised they don't have a, uh, what was that stuff that, uh, Buffalo Trace brought out. It was like sweet, it's called like Sweet Carolina, Carolina or something. Oh, I don't think it was a Buffalo Trace thing. It was more of a a Sadrack. Well, they bought it though, and then like, or they bought somebody else in '86 that line. But it wasn't Soco, was it? It was something else. Well, no, they bought Sadrack. Bought Soco. Soco's actually made at Barton now. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, they they previously owned that thing. But yeah, I'm I'm surprised they don't have something in that kind of like wheelhouse portfolio. I mean, just just such a good like mixer and shot thing, and for folks in the South that just you know eat it up. The difference is like the sour mash bourbon and southern whiskey for them they're both at 105 proof and then the rye and the the bourbon are in the 90s it's like those other ones the regular whiskeys those are 105 proof and then you know when you get to the southern bourbon whiskey and the southern rye they're not as hot i would love to see those a little bit higher but you know honestly my take on this is i would Keep this bottle on the shelf and buy another bottle of the Southern Rye Whiskey from 13th Colony. I just think that rye is so damn good. We weren't reviewing it on this one, but if you all see that out there, that is my jam from 13th Colony. I think the finish on this one, it just, if I have that $41.99, I'm going to use it to buy the rye, not the Southern Bourbon Whiskey. Now, I think they easily could convert me back over with a little higher proof and and kind of blending out that finish but the rye is damn good you are becoming quite the uh the finicky prima donna on what rye you get behind and which ones you, you just kind of snub these days bud i'm not a prima donna i'm just i like things that taste different and their rye does not taste like any other rye if you say so <laughs> what you didn't like their rye I don't really remember. I mean, you know these shows. I have to like listen to them to really like get a frame of reference for half of them. Well, you liked their rye. We didn't review it on the show, but we've had it separately. Oh, oh. I mean, I, I take your word for it. I just think rye wise, you find like your little like little minor cut groove, whatever you want to call it. Like, oh, that's right where Edwards fits into this big six three guy fitting in this little. Five percent window of profile niche. <laughs> when it comes to rye, my profile is much smaller than it would be for bourbon. I do have to say, it's, a, it's the fat guy in the little coat. <laughs> but I would say that here's the bigger question I have for you: When it comes to rye, how many ryes are actually the same product in a different set of clothes? Therefore, is the actual profile of rye smaller than the profiles of bourbon? So I'm actually not fitting into a small space. I'm fitting into the space that's kind of there, and I just don't go for the thing that is the same all around. I go for what is a little bit different, even in a smaller category. You know, if we were having this conversation 
you know, a year or so ago, I would probably definitely have a, a much more similar view and agree. And, and But I'd say at this point, you know, hanging out with Mike and James and as much of the, the different stuff that NBC's gotten in from Indiana, that it's all 95.5 make. I mean, they're, they're, they're fully transparent about that. But for the variances in ages uh, um, and profiles that go along with it, I mean, for what on paper are made by the same people, same grains, going in barrels from the same company with the same toast char or whatever, I've really luckily seen a whole big range that I don't think otherwise I would ever really known or thought about. So who knows? I mean, maybe it's even the season of when the grain comes out or, or when it's pulled or something. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, but, you know, especially between the four and the seven, eight-year stuff they've pulled, you, you could line it all up and taste it cash drink straight out of the barrel. And I don't think there's any way you'd say, oh, yeah, it's all made by so-and-so. Made the same way, this and that. All things considered, the the factors, quote-unquote, were all the same. So, I, you know, at least it makes it fun and uh, it gives us something to talk about. It absolutely does. What did you think about this bourbon? Where did you stand on it? I, I liked it. And in, in, like I said in the notes, I think we both – the only ding you and I really had was the finish to a degree, but I don't think it was strong enough. Like I say, I think if this was your daily pour or something you were just in enjoying casually and, and conversing or whatever and not nerding out as, as we are at this moment and getting specific with, I don't think you'd notice it much because I didn't catch it till about the third taste going through it and really being like, oh, well, there's that. Did you say it was forty one ninety nine? Yes, sir. That's probably a little more than I would. I like to pay for a daily, but uh, I think if you compared this to, you know, Elijah Craig or something, for instance, I think that's pretty comparable for the proof and the price point. Maybe you're spending a little more, but as far as the the variance in what you can sometimes pay for a craft versus a big boy, the the delta on this one isn't too bad. I, I'm a, I'm a buy. I, I, I definitely uh, enjoyed enough to have a bottle. I mean, I, it wouldn't be my everyday go-to or something like that, but uh, I think it's a pleasurable product. I mean, I think it was good. Don't get me wrong. I just love their rye. It's tough for me if I'm looking at that distillery. I mean, this one, I'm with you, though. I'd buy it. I just personally buy their rye first, but if I saw this on the shelf and the rye was not around, I would buy it. I'm good with that, buds. All right. Well, go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Thank you to 13th Colony for sending this bottle our way. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? I think we're both going to be uh, pretty much held up in uh, Music City, USA for the next uh, few weeks as far as I know. 100%. Cheers. Ciao. Ciao.